Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Employment Notebook, where we speak with expert guests on a variety of topics related to employment and the workplace. Today, we're discussing the topic of motivating yourself and others in the workplace. Motivation is a top quality for an employee to have, but sometimes, between the long days, numerous deadlines, and nonstop meetings, it can be hard for employees to stay motivated throughout the week. So to learn more about staying energized and focused at work, and to get some tips on motivating others in the workplace, I'm speaking with Joe Miller, CEO of Women's Leadership Coaching, Inc. She is also an expert speaker and author of various articles, including Five Ways to Motivate Yourself and Everyone Around You, which was recently published online. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing well, thanks, Jenna. So before we dive into the topic, could you give us just a brief background on your experience in the leadership coaching industry and kind of how that experience relates to this topic of motivation in the workplace? Of course. And thanks for asking. So as CEO of Women's Leadership Coaching, my role is to help women who are corporate employees advance themselves to their next level in their career, whether it be moving into a first-line manager or supervisor role or making the leap from being a high-performing individual into becoming a junior-level executive. And so my role involves traveling around the country and sometimes around the world, going into companies that want to advance more women in the leadership pipeline and doing workshops and, and other programs like webinars and coaching programs for the women to help them create their roadmap to advance themselves in their career. And so what I found is that if someone wants to be recognized as someone who's worthy of stepping into the leadership pipeline and get recognized as a high performer or an up-and-coming leader, well, they really need to find ways to maintain their own high performance and start to understand how to be a great performer even during stressful times, but also how that might relate to being able to motivate and engage and inspire others around them too to perform at their best. So how does an employee's mood play a role in his or her motivation in the workplace? Uh, That's a good question. You know, if you'd asked me a year ago, I I might have said, well, not so much. But then I came across some really interesting research done by a couple researchers, Nancy Rothbard and Stephanie Wilk, who found that when they monitored call center representatives in a Fortune 500 company, the people who came into work and started the the workday in a good mood actually performed in in a far more superior way than their peers who perhaps didn't arrive in such a good mood. And and so the people who felt good were in a good mood when they started the work, they performed better and also felt even more positive after their calls. And the opposite effect was in place for the people who, you know, maybe got out of bed on the wrong side and arrived in, in a bit of a bad mood. They actually suffered a productivity dip of about 10% and felt worse after those calls. So a positive mood is really everything. And if you can find ways to, you know, start your work day feeling good, in a good mood, it'll have a tangible impact on your performance. And since starting the day in in a good mood is so important, do you have any ideas of things that people can do before work or on their way to work to kind of boost their mood before they arrive? Sure. Well, I, you know, and I'm speaking personally, but everyone, I guess, has their own their own ways of doing this. But try and avoid the talk radio in the morning or watching the mute. You, know, you notice how there's never any good good news yeah. <laughs> coming in the morning on the radio and on the news. So you know, find something that's a bit uplifting, whether it's listening to a listening to a favorite piece of music or a song that always gets you in a good mood, or maybe it's you know calling a friend for a virtual morning coffee chat while you're on the way into work, or 
finding an uplifting TED talk or if you have a favorite late night show, catching some of the comedy highlights from the night before, you know, any of these things will work. And I just really encourage people to perhaps keep a journal and notice what makes a difference for them and consciously build those mood lifters into their morning commute. So they walk in the door ready to hit the ground running and and really perform at their best. And you mentioned um, in your article, the five ways to motivate yourself and everyone around you, that it's important to manage your energy and not your time at work. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. And and this was kind of an aha moment for me. I, I was reviewing some research from the McKinsey Group, who back in 2008 did a study called Centered Leadership, How Talented Women Thrive. And what they sought to understand was what, what is it that drives and sustains the top female leaders? So in studying these really successful women leaders, they found that managing their energy was something that they had in common. And they actually used the phrase, manage your energy, not your time, which is a great catchphrase and actually is the subtitle to a terrific book called The Power of Full Engagement. But what they found is that the most successful leaders are people who know how to manage their energy levels. They know what drains them and what, you know, and also what sustains them. And so for anyone who wants to take advantage of that effect, I would say, you know, put away the time management tools and productivity tips for a day or two and just keep a journal, keep a log of your energy levels throughout the day and see if you can reverse engineer what are the factors that give you that energy boost, that high, you know, maybe it's avoiding the really chatty coworker first thing in the morning who kind of sucks the life out of the air when you speak with them. Or, you know, maybe it's avoiding the heavy carb lunch if that gives you that 2 p.m., you know, that, that sleepy feeling that comes on in the afternoon. Yeah. So really start to understand what your energy cycles are throughout the day. All right. And so you also have mentioned in your article, another article called A Social Cognitive Approach to Motivation and Personality by Carol Dwork and Ellen Leggett. And in that article, there are two different motivation styles, mastery orientation and performance orientation. Could you explain a little bit about what these are? Yeah. And so I think for anyone who wants to set goals for themselves, and of course, we all know that goal setting is a great way to strive to perform better and to, um, you know, to exceed expectations. So it's great to set goals. But what these two researchers found is that the type of goal you set can really have an impact on motivating you or not motivating you. So if you want to choose the type of goals really carefully, and Jenna, as you just mentioned, the two types are mastery or learning orientation or performance orientation. And so people who are motivated by a mastery-oriented style are people who get challenged. They, they feel motivated when they're challenged by learning something new. So just think about, you know, last time you set a new goal or you were working with your manager on your performance goals, did that goal require you to learn something new and were you motivated by that? Or was it like, oh gosh, now I need to go figure out this new area and it did it kind of put a damper on your enthusiasm. So the second type is called performance orientation. And people who are performance oriented don't get so motivated by learning something new, but rather they like to strive to really excel repeatedly using an existing skill set. Now, what I found in talking to people over the last few months is that you can switch styles depending on the type of task. So I'll use myself as an example. You know, when I need to create an entirely new training program, I just love learning and researching and educating myself. 
and thinking about how I can educate others. So clearly, you know, when it's me creating a training or a webinar, definitely a mastery or learning style. However, um, if something goes wrong with my computer, like like I had to fix my email yesterday, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I have to learn something new and it kind of sucked the wind out of my sails. So notice, um, firstly, which style you are and set your goals accordingly, but also be aware that your style might change depending on the task at hand. Right. And so once you're able to identify your motivation style, how can you use this to benefit yourself while you're at work? Well, and so one thing is to have a conversation with your manager about that and let them know in advance of any goal setting and performance review what you think your goal motivation style is so that you and your manager can start to address uh, for whatever tasks or, you know, whatever objectives are on your plate, you can start to break it down so that the goals are set in a way that truly motivate you. So, of course, you know, know your own style to begin, but try and educate those around you as well about what your style is so that they can come to you with requests or projects or goals that fit the style that's most going to motivate you. When you're working on motivating yourself, another important thing in the workplace is to be motivating your colleagues as well. So kind of moving into the topic of motivating others in the workplace, why do you think this is an important part of being in the workplace and why should you spend time trying to motivate others? If our audience uh, who are listening to this interview aspire to do more than the job they're in today, you really need to find ways to break out and demonstrate that you know, you're, you're a high performer in your role, but you're capable of so much more. And one of the best ways to signal that you're capable of more than your current role is to look for things to lead, either officially or unofficially. So raise your hand to lead stuff. Now, this is going to require you to understand how to motivate and engage and inspire others not necessarily as a leader, but maybe just be a collaborator who brings out the best in everyone around you. And so after you've figured out how to motivate yourself, it's great to apply those learnings to be a catalyst for the performance of everyone around you. So, you know, some things that you can look for are, you know, what's the goal orientation and learning style of people that you work with so that when you're sharing a task with them, you can carve it up in such a way so that it really appeals to them, whether they're a mastery or a performance orientation. Or you can figure out ways to have your entire team arrive at work in a good mood or have some activities built into the beginning of the workday so that by the time they, you know, they arrive, they interact a little, but then as soon as they sit down at their desk, they're in a good mood and ready to really hit the ground running. So regardless of whether you're leading people officially or just being an unofficial catalyst for high performance in your team, there's really a lot that people can do to bring out the best in others around them. And besides bringing out the best in others and that part of the motivation, what other ways will that benefit you if you are helping to motivate your coworkers? You know, I, I was speaking with a senior level woman a few years ago and she said something that really stuck with me, which is, you know, don't just climb the ladder, be the type of person who's bringing up others as you climb. And, and that really resonated for me. And, and so, you know, I often hear people say, you know, I can, I can stand out as a high performer and a leader, but it's going to bring out, you know, possibly negative competition in my peers around me. And so what can I do about that? And I would say to anyone who aspires to do more than the job they're in today, you know, don't think of being a leader as being competing with your peers, but, but rather try and elevate everyone around you. So bring out the best in everyone as well as yourself. And over time, you know, certainly some of those might outperform you. They may climb ahead of you initially, but in the longer term, 
you'll be the type of leader that people just can't wait to work for because they feel great about being at work, they feel motivated and engaged, and they know that you're there in that they know that you're in you're there in their corner, really helping them bring the best every day. Speaking about leaders and employees that are in non-leadership positions, should motivation look different in these two different types of people? And do those in leadership positions have the responsibility of motivating others? Or is that just something that they choose to do? You know, it's certainly something that great leaders choose to do. But I would say even more importantly than, than, than having a responsibility to motivate others, I think leaders have a responsibility not to demotivate people around them. <laughs> so this is something that I learned from a mentor of mine many years ago, Craig Ross, said that, you know, the, the first job of a leader is not to demotivate people. <laughs> so, um, you know, don't put people down, don't create an atmosphere of, of fear and squelch the creativity in people. So, you know, if you, if you want to be a leader, start by not demotivating people and you're, you're probably doing a better job than many leaders out there. Now, the distinction between someone who's officially in a leadership role and someone who's not yet but aspires to be is, of course, the leader at times has the very important role of stepping in to redirect someone whose behavior is out of line or is damaging the team or the organization. Uh, you know, those rare moments when a leader has to kind of put their fist down and say, this behavior ends now for the good of, of the whole. Now, when you're not yet in a leadership role and need to engage and inspire and motivate colleagues, you don't really have the mandate yet to, to use that type of very firm, uh, direct leadership. So you probably need to escalate those situations to a higher power. You know, bring your manager or the person's manager into bear. But other than that, other than those rare occasions where someone's really doing the wrong thing, I think the roles of people who are officially in a leadership capacity and those who are not yet but aspire to, their roles are very much the same. That's interesting. So it sounds like a lot of the motivation, it always draws back to the fact that it's creating more productive workers and essentially helping your company in that way because there's more productivity and people are completing tasks quickly and with a better mood. We're actually running out of time, but I was wondering, we usually offer you the last 30 seconds or so just to kind of give a final message or final words of advice to someone who may be listening and who wants to learn how to motivate themselves or others in the workplace. Definitely. Well, you know, I think for anyone who wants to lift their game and be more motivated and engaged at work, oftentimes we think we need to do these really tough and possibly unsustainable things like drink more coffee or get five hours of sleep or get 10 hours of sleep. They've actually shown that athletes perform better with 10 hours of sleep, which I think is great. But uh, in the real world, these things are pretty much unsustainable as is taking an afternoon nap. You know, we all know it's good for us. So try and Think about the things that are very doable for you. Understand your learning style and, and set your goals accordingly or arrive at work in a good mood. You know, just make a couple foundational habits, a couple little changes, and they can make a huge impact on how you lead yourself and ultimately how you lead others. And with that, we'll wrap up the show now. You've been listening to Employment Notebook with our guest, Joe Miller, CEO of Women's Leadership Coaching, Inc., you can find out more about her company by visiting womensleadershipcoaching.com. And as always, we'd love to hear from our listeners. So you can send us any suggestions or feedback to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.